You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey, hey, this is Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist, here with another friendly neighborhood sexologist all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, sexologist Shamira. How are you doing today? How are you? Good. I'm uh, I'm following along with your adventures. You've been online on IG talking about all the hottest topics, including the, I don't know if we should say WAP or WAP, but the Wet Ass Pussy video and song by our Cardi B featuring Megan the Stallion. Um, and I see that you, you just put a video out on your Instagram and it's gaining a lot of traction. Let people know where to find you on Instagram first and foremost, because they should be following along. Yes, I'm on Instagram at sexologist Shamira. Yeah, and we're going to link to that. Now, before we dive into this conversation, I want to give a, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Let's Get Checked.com. So Let's Get Checked offers at-home health tests ranging from thyroid to iron to celiac tests, Lyme disease tests, of course, ovarian reserve tests, fertility tests, and all that jazz. They send you the test, you send them a sample, and you get your results confidentially online. Are you familiar with them, Shamira? I'm, I'm not. I am not. I was thinking that it, it would be good for people who are maybe a little bit more remote, you know, to test for anything, like from, from cortisol to all the various sexual health tests. So uh, that's letsgetcheck.com. If you go there, folks, please use code Dr. Jess to save a few dollars and let them know that you heard about it here. So, Shamira, let's let's talk Cardi B. So are you a Cardi B fan? So I think I'm an everyone fan. <laughs> so when she came, when she first, um, I'll tell you what, my husband really loves Cardi B. Like he loves Cardi B's music. So when she first came out, I really enjoyed her, um, her debut album. And in terms of this WAP video, so folks, if you haven't heard the song, we'll play a little clip for you. But also, if you haven't seen the video, you have to go watch the video. Now, there's a censored version and an uncensored version. Definitely but, uh, watch the uncensored version. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about the video, the lyrics, all all the fun stuff? Oh, I think so much about it first, right? So I um, listened to it about 72 times. <laughs> just to make sure it was actually what I was hearing. So um, I actually heard the lyrics and saw the video at the same time. So of course I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw that Cardi B um, had posted a graphic with she and Megan Thee Stallion, who's also on the song. And it had like an up to hairstyle that we used to wear in the nineties. <laughs> and I posted a picture of mine on Facebook. We used to wear this hairstyle in the nineties and it said WAP. And so she said, I have something um, that I'm going to be sharing with everyone. So she was like building the buzz around it. And so I was trying to figure out what the acronym meant because I know the movie that came out, which the hairstyles and clothing was inspired. It looks like from the movie BAPS, which is black American princesses. So I was like, what is she doing? And I was trying to figure out the W. I was like, American princesses. I did not think it was going to stand for wet ass pussy. 
<laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, right? And so I'm like, oh, okay, oh, oh, yeah. So that those were my reactions as I was listening to the song. And then of course, the next day I'm on social media and I'm scrolling and everyone has a think piece on why the song should not be played and why they're promoting whorism and all kind of slutism and all the slut shaming you could find was right on my uh, social media feeds from other people who were sharing others thoughts and I actually thought the song was perfect for the climate we're in as it relates to women's sexuality as it relates to women owning their own sexual pleasure and reclaiming their sexual pleasure I think it's right on task for that and so what about the criticisms that, you know, it's objectifying women? Can we really be objectified if we're doing it to ourselves? Like, do we have to assume, you know, begin from this premise that sexualization or objectification is inherently bad? Some of us enjoy the objectification at times. Does it mean we want to walk through life only as an object? Not necessarily, but, you know, if we're, if we're being forced into being sexualized against our will or if sexualization is our own, only option or if it's mandatory I can see the problem there but if you want to be sexualized and I mean just watching this video they look like they're having fun exactly and that's my main thing they look like they're having fun and you said something that was that's super important if we're doing it can we really be objectified and that is what's so powerful to me in itself in a world especially in a culture where women's sexuality is supposed to be hush-hush and only validated by men, especially the men who want to have sex with them, it's very liberating to hear and to see women say, nope, I'm doing it on my own. This is what I want and this is what I like. And it's also, and you know, as I look at these responses, I'm like, we're still in a place where we're shaming women for owning and talking about sex and it's 2020. Right. And I think the flipping of switch, switches or scripts here from women saying, this is what I want. I want to do it this way. And this is how I want you to do it to me because she gets pretty explicit, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I saw a meme. I saw a meme on Facebook that says, and I'll censor it slightly, but men have been so conditioned to have to coerce and manipulate sex out of women when we start coming with a thousand percent consent, they start rebelling. And I think that reflects how salty men have been. You know, there's so many memes going around. There was another one, you know, being critical that, you know, it's this, this guy on, I think, Twitter says, you know what, that WAP got Cardi and Meg, it got them cheated on and shot. And so, yeah, you saw that one. <laughs> mm. So why are these men so salty? You know why? Because they, you know... <laughs> They, they want to be able to keep women in a state of sexual repression. And I'm not saying that they wake up every day. Many of them do. But I'm not saying they wake up every day and they're like, you know what? I'm going to find a way to sexually repress women today. But it's the behavior. <laughs> you know, it's the behavior. It's the language that we use. It's the behavior. It's the message. I want a woman who is a freak in the bed but she got to be a virgin. And it's like, okay. Oh, Lord. You know, it's like, I want, she got to be a virgin and she can't talk back and she needs to be very domesticated. And no, she can be uh, highly sexual, but I need her to know how to do everything I want her to do sexually. And so the messages there are unclear. They're rooted in patriarchal constructs. There's lots of misogynoir. 
it's just a mess. Just it's a mess. And you're right. The lyrics really save us from a lot of the mess. Right. And I, you know, we can get into there's there are three things that I really like what was said. And I when I talk to people about sexual pleasure, it's all about being able to say, this is what I like. This is what I want. This is what's enjoyable to me. And the fact that these women were doing that in this song says a lot to me about us being able to own our sexuality publicly, but also where we're going with this. Right. And, uh, you know, this is really just about pleasure. She literally is saying, this is what I want. And that is scary for people. And and I think it's, first of all, I want to go back to a term you just used, misogynoir, because that's something that maybe folks aren't familiar with. People have heard of misogyny, misogyny but we can't not talk about race because this these are women of color, black women, owning their sexuality at this specific time, putting it on display, putting it on blast. So can you just talk a little bit about what you mean when you say misogynoir? Yeah, so basically misogynoir is, and I have a very, very hard time um, with that word. <laughs> Saying it? Yes, I, I cannot <laughs> say the word. So it's basically just misogyny that's directed towards black women um, at the intersection of race and gender, right? So I think her name was Moya. She coined this term Moya Bailey. And it's basically w- what you see in in the blogs and in it's basically grounded in intersexuality. And it just shows how women, especially black women, are socialized based on race, gender, class, and sexual orientation, but also how um, oppression shows up in these different spaces. And just it's a way to basically keep black women in line. Right. I think that's specifically interesting in this music genre where there have been men for decades and longer singing with lyrics that are objectifying, that are sexualizing, that are, you know, full of misogyny or underpinned by misogyny. And I wonder, do they get the same backlash? They certainly don't get the headlines that Cardi has elicited over the last you know, week or so. Well, that's the argument, right? So this, what Cardi and Megan are doing isn't, has not, it's not something that hasn't been done before. Like they're not the first people to, especially women and especially black women to get up there and talk about sex in a very explicit way. Like we have people in the 1920s. I shared a clip from Lucille Bogan's song where she was talking about very explicit sex on the song or in the song, right? And then we have, my rainy, Bessie Smith, we have so many people who talked about sex, but they're women. When we talk about these men who have been making money off women's sexuality for years, it's been okay. I mean, they talk about violence against women. They talk about how they have sex with women. And as long as they're making money doing it, it's fine. But let a black woman make a song about owning her own sexuality and calling her own sexual shots. And now we're all going to hell. We're all whole. Right. <laughs> right. And she says, I don't cook, I don't clean. But let me tell you how I got this right. <laughs> Listen, I saw something that said, whenever she said, I don't cook, I don't clean. Let me tell you how I got this ring. It said, yeah. a, a pick me died. And so if you don't know what a pick me is, it's basically, it's a term that's given to people who, um, and of course, pygmies are victims of patriarchy too, because basically it's a term that's given to people 
who try to make themselves appear pickable or to make themselves appear like they're doing everything so that they're chosen by a man. So everything that is most likely based on like a gender construct or gender role, um, I cook, I clean, I'm very domesticated, I listen, I'm not loud. Those things that women are told to do, pick me's, make sure that people know that they do that. So when she say, I don't cook, I don't clean, a pick me died. <laughs> I've seen that meme going around too. I think this is maybe the most memeable song uh, of the year so far. Now you talked about empowerment. So it's, it's a word that, you know, gets tossed around. But I got to tell you, when I watched this video, I don't know that I felt empowered, but I felt inspired. I was like, man, I should do more of this stuff. I should, you know, I've been in, in my marriage a long time and, I get lazy or I get greedy. I mean, I've talked about that on the podcast before. Um, but I definitely felt motivated by it. Like it made me feel a tingle. Yeah, the video is hot. Obviously, they're hot. It's very, very sexy. But I, I felt like, yeah, man, like I should get up and do this. It's sort of like a Pinterest board. You know, when somebody sees a really pretty layout for a kid's birthday party and they're like, ah, oh, I can do that too. That's how this song made me feel about getting raunchy in the bedroom. So that's my experience with empowerment. But overall, overall, how do you see the song as potentially empowering? So I, I've been hearing people say that it's empowering. I like, I think what you said motivated it very, that resonated with me a lot. Um, especially when Megan was talking about like switching up her wigs, making, making think he's cheating. I was like, okay, yeah, come on role play. But <laughs> I, I really yes. enjoyed that. Right. And so I think for a lot of people, uh, the term empowering is being used and maybe that's not the term I would like to change empowerment to maybe liberating, which could possibly be synonymous to each other. But in the, in the space of specifically speaking of sexual pleasure. I think the song has its place there, Sex, women's sexual pleasure especially, and also especially black women's sexual pleasure. People who have been told that they are lazy for taking breaks and for not putting themselves first or that they don't deserve to do that. And people who are so used to giving, giving, giving that they don't allow themselves to receive, which is a, a barrier to pleasure, especially sexual pleasure. People who are so sexually repressed hearing this song can definitely be motivated to them to know that, wow, there are women out there who are owning their sexuality in this way. There are women out there who are telling people exactly what they want, how they want it, where they want them to put it and how to do it. There are people who know their bodies enough in this way. So maybe I can do that. Just as you just say, you felt motivated. I think that the song can definitely motivate more people to reclaim their sexuality, to recognize, you know, some of the sexual barriers that they might have and to start putting themselves first in this space, especially with the orgasm gap being as wide as it is. That's right. So when you say orgasm gap, you're talking about, you know, the gender gap between the consistency of orgasm for men versus women in, in straight sexual relationships. And, uh, you know, I like to think of it also just as a pleasure gap, right? Where do, where is the focus of the pleasure? And I'd love to, I was just thinking we should go through the, the language of this song sexologically. So let's start with 
wet ass pussy. So she's talking about how wet it is. <laughs> Got to get a mop and a bucket to go clean that up. Uh, and you and I talk about lube all the time. I do some work with Astroglide. I'm a big proponent of lube. Uh, where where would you begin with the pussy being wet? So. You know, that's another thing because people are like, okay, Shamara, well, I really like your video, but what about us who don't really get as wet as this? And what about this? And so there's some women who feel like they don't produce enough lubrication and they feel shamed for using lube. And they'll make comments. They'll say, I have to use lube or we have to use lube. And there are actual men who don't want their partners using lube as well. And so as it relates to vaginal wetness, there are lots of factors that contribute to how wet someone's um, vulva and vagina gets. Of course, we know uh, age plays a factor on that as well. Diet sometimes can play factor on that. Hormone levels can play a factor on. People aren't just like walking around here with dripping wet APs, wet ass pussies, right? <laughs> thank goodness. So, <laughs> thank goodness, because where would we sit publicly, right? So don't don't get into, and I tell people, listen, don't get into the thoughts that you're just supposed to just have this really wet vagina. The wetter, the better. And so, what I tell people is, that even if you think you are wetter than the Mississippi River, you still need to use lube. Because lube is there because we still need the protection that lube often helps us with, especially if we're talking about getting beat down like she wanted to get beat down in a song. You don't want <laughs> to have any vaginal tearing. And so we know that lube can help create more slippage so that you are less prone to having vaginal tearing. Right. And and I think that people are worried, like you said, that, oh, well, if I don't get that wet, am I as turned on as the sex is good? But lube is not necessarily an indication of of arousal. You can be super turned on and super dry and you can just be taking the bus and get super wet for no reason. Exactly. Right. So so I've seen criticisms like from the sexological community that, oh, well, she's, you know, perpetuating this notion that you have to be wet. Listen, she's not saying whether she's using lube or not. And if she has a really wet one, that's OK. And if you don't, that's OK, too. I, I've, I've been noticing that my my lubrication really changes with my mood. And when I if I think about it, that's when I won't get as wet. But it's not a big deal because I always have a bottle of lube next to the bed. Yep. Right. I got one next to the bed, too. <laughs> and then she says I'm going to put it right in your face swipe your nose like a credit card I love this because when I talk about going down on on the vulva I always talk about the nose job and sliding your nose up and down there's some good there's some good sexological fodder in here yes listen there is let me tell you the part that I like when so especially as it relates to women and knowing what you like and knowing your pleasure and also knowing how to orgasm and what gets you off. Because, of course, I tell people all the time that your orgasm is your responsibility. But if we're even talking about some of the lyrics she says, like when she says, like, I do a Kegel while it's inside. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. So the significance to that is that while you are having some penal penetration, if you do a Kegel while the penis is inside, it actually brings pleasure to you and the penis owner as well. So it also help, can help contribute to orgasm and increased arousal. So you're just um, 
tightening up the vaginal or PC muscles around the penis and that stimulates flow in that area and it helps to bring you to orgasm. So that was great, wasn't it, for her to say that? Because a lot of people don't realize that they can do that while they're having sex and it feels great. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's uh, funny how she's got these super hot, sexy lyrics and we managed to kind of suck the hot out of it and make it all clinical. (laughs) I do a Kegel while it's inside, spit in my mouth, look in my eyes, and we're like a little eye contact for that connection. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) You see? (laughs) research (laughs) it actually is she probably should be an honorary sexologist i mean (laughs) you think i don't know i I mean based on these lyrics she could do something (laughs) she says let's role play i'll wear a disguise and you talked a little bit about that um and and now she does talk about big penis a lot in this song and of course that may be her preference that might be a a cultural expectation with which she was raised but i did get an email from a listener the other day who is feeling really shamed for having a small penis Um, any thoughts on that he's i have to pull it up but he says he has a, a three and a half inch penis and he feels that with all the stormy daniels talk as well uh in the way that she's shaming i think it was trump's penis size he feels uh, very left out and he feels that it's important that folks in the industry speak up against this type of shaming. Yeah, he says, I'm a man with a very small penis, three and a half inches when erect, and everything I see and hear from women tells me that sex experts are wrong to say that only some women care about penis size. Every day I see famous women and women in everyday life shaming small penises, and this is just one of so many reasons that, you know, the majority of women don't feel like small don't like small penises. So yeah, what are your thoughts on small penises since we are talking about big, big ant, what does she call them in this song? She called them a lot. She said, I'm not a garter snake. I need a king cobra. Um, so she calls it a Mack truck. A Mack truck. Point. Yep. So, <laughs> I mean, listen, we talked about this. I um, worked on an article with Zach in a men's, I did an article for, or contributed to an article for men's health, um, And the person who wrote said the exact same thing. They felt like their penis was too small and that it was interfering with um, their relationships. And so, listen, there are people who who are size queens or kings or people who really like large penises. And that's okay. It doesn't it doesn't mean that there aren't people who enjoy smaller size penises. The thing about it is culturally we've been we're told like we do shame people with small penises culturally. Unfortunately, we do do that. And it does make people who don't feel comfortable about the size of their penis feel inadequate. So unfortunately, we have to work on rebuilding confidence for people who, do, who don't appreciate the size of their penis, but also teaching them and showing them other ways to appreciate the penis that, that they have. And to use it and to uh, and to also not think of sex as just, I just have to use my penis. Like you have a whole body, right? And so because we have used, we, I, we identify sex as something that happens with the penis and a vagina culturally. So if that's the only thing we're seeing, we're viewing sex or that's the only lens we're viewing sex in, of course, we're going to highlight penises and big penises. Because of course, penises are going to always be highlighted because they exist on a man. So um, they, those are going to be high, and especially the bigger ones, because, of course, the bigger penis, it means the better a man is 
told he is, the bigger his penis is. And let's be real. There are some people with really big penises who have no idea of what to do with it, have no idea how to bring a woman pleasure. And there are some people with average size or less than average size penises who have extreme amounts of pleasure during sex. So it's not about what you have. It's about how you use it. And don't just use your penis. Use your whole body. There are toys you can use. There are people who really would enjoy exploring with you. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting that if we go back to the song, she certainly talks more about sitting on his face than <laughs> necessarily just sitting on the penis, right? I, I, I'm looking for this line where he talks, she talks about if he's got a beard, I'm going to try and wet it. I'll let him taste it. Now he's diabetic. Mm. I guess that's how sweet she is. Man, I, I, I really I love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and here's another piece. She talks about wanting to gag, wanting to choke, um, wanting that thing in the back of her throat. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's interesting because a big question I get around blowjobs is how do I not gag? But some people do enjoy gagging and their partners enjoy the sound of their, them gagging. It's erotic for a lot of people. But I want to go back to when we said, when we were talking about small penises. And so a big a, a thing about the article that I wrote to this person, um, it also in the song, Mag, St Mag the Stallion says, big D stands for big demeanor. So we, yeah. talk, we talk about having big dick energy, BDE, right? So even mm -hmm. if you don't have a big dick, right, or a big penis, it doesn't mean that you don't have, you don't need to exude the confidence as one. So you have the demeanor, but if you are very insecure about it and you're going into sex, like, I don't, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't have a big enough penis. Then your performance or the way you show up sexually is going to reflect how you feel. So even if you don't feel as confident about the size, be confident in general. I love that. And I love that she says that big D stand for big demeanor. Love that. Absolutely. It's interesting because we were talking about tall energy the other day. Or what did they say to me? Somebody said to me, oh, you're about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, I'm like, man, no, I'm barely 5'5". Five, five. I'm like, maybe I'm 5'4". I don't even know. But I'm short. But they're like, you have really tall energy. And even I know I wear heels all the time. But even when I'm playing sports, they'll say, oh, you take the tall one. And I'll turn to them. And I'm like, you're taller than me. But I stand tall. You really do. Um, you have great posture. Yeah, I think it's it's two reasons. One, I took piano when I was a kid, and it was the Suzuki method, which is huge on posture. And two, I'm always wearing off the shoulder or one shoulder or strapless clothing. And so you kind of have to sit up. It forces you to sit up. But uh, yeah, that big D is like my tall energy. And it's interesting because I'm not trying to be taller. Um, I wear the heels because they like feel so good. Although I think I've forgotten how to wear heels. Have you during this time? Listen, I'm barefoot right now. I have no <laughs> shoes on right now. And actually, I haven't worn heels in maybe about a year because about like a, a year ago, I fell. <laughs> oh, no. And I haven't worn heels since then. So I'm just rehabbing. Oh, dear, dear. Do you miss the heels? Because, you know, some people are happy to be in flats. Listen, I miss the heels because of what they look, what they, how they make my clothes look. Like mm -hmm. I, depending on certain clothes I wear, heels look best with it. And because I have really long legs and I really like to see what my legs look like in heels. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love people who can tell me what they like about their body too. I like I, it. I have really long legs. So um, to me, they're long. Um, but no, I don't really miss them. I actually feel more comfortable without the heels. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not even wearing pants right now. That's the truth. Like it's, it's, it's a new era. Uh, let's talk about the piece around whores. So I love the sample of there's some whores in this house. Do you love that piece? I do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I'm here for the ho shit, the whore shit, all of that. Um, and, you know, we, we see so many criticisms around, you know, this is telling women that all they are is, you know, selling their body. I'm like, well, some people are sex workers and Cardi B comes from that background, right? I, I, and so, uh, yeah, I would love to get your perspective on how many of these criticisms are sex worker negative, what we can do about that, um, you know, and how, how it's better for all of us to be sex worker positive. Mm. Well, definitely, because sex work is real work. First of all, so people who work in sex entertainment and other forms of sex work, they are doing real work and it's in, and the work that they're doing is important. And if we were more sex worker positive, I think we could do a better job at decriminalizing sex work. They were, there would be more safety. Um, sex workers wouldn't have to work with this, all of this fear. There would be more protective measures. Uh, for those people who are sex workers. So we would be, as a society, I think we would do better if we understood what sex workers' rights are, if we decriminalize sex work, and if we celebrated sex workers, because there, they, there are some sex workers out here that are doing amazing work um, for people that are that's very liberating. Um, but of course, if we go back to it, I mean, I saw something on Facebook and it had a guy running on it and it says anytime women say they're about to enjoy stuff here goes here go men running to call us hoes <laughs> so right it's, it's like you can't even engage in any type of pleasure especially sexual pleasure without being called a hoe and you know it goes back to hearing some men say that their job is to keep their daughters off of a pole have you ever heard that Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or the that's kind of the joke, like, oh, I won't screw them up or they'll be on a pole by the time they're 18. It's and, and so what it, first of all, pole performers are supremely talented. Clothes, no clothes, heels, no, no heels that have you tried it? It's very hard. It's hard. You have to have. Yes, I've tried it. You have to have amazing upper body strength and all over strength, yeah, yeah. strong legs. You have to be in shape. It can get you in shape. And pole fitness is a thing as well. But yeah, we definitely need to change our views and our information on what sex work is. You know, this really seems to come back to ownership of women's bodies, right? Even right back to the beginning when you said that people want women who are whores in bed, but also virgins. There's this idea that I want you to do all these things, but I'll be damned if you've ever done it or ever plan on doing it with anyone else. This is just for me. And that really comes to ownership. And when you talk about being more sex worker positive, it reminds me that if we were to erode away or eradicate the, that dichotomy of virgin whore, folks who have so much sexual shame would be able to let go of it. Because some of that, so much of the shame regular folks hold um, comes from our pressure, the pressure for us to be not necessarily virgins, but virginal, right? The opposite of a whore. So when we look at these, these female performers talking about being whores, sampling music that, you know, no one can call them a whore because they're calling themselves whores first. <laughs> what do you think the um, overall outcome is? Because this, is this isn't like a fringe song 
Um, and you think about like Little Kim. Little Kim was big, but Little Kim was big when this genre, her genre of music wasn't as big as it is today. Like this is, this is pop music. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a music critic. <laughs> no, and you know, that was my era listening to Lil' Kim. <laughs> right? And salt and pepper. Yes. Yes. Let, let's talk about sex. But <laughs> that's where I, you know, but anyway, so I think what it does is it helps us um, see how sexually repressed many of us really are. Many of us, it's not that we don't really like the song, but we don't know how to enjoy it either. And I don't just mean the song, like the the, the genre of music or just the, the song. I mean, what it's actually saying, what it's indicating. A lot of us are so repressed. We feel guilty and we feel ashamed, ashamed of our own sexuality. And so many people don't know how to enjoy their sexuality or enjoy the lyrics or understand the lyrics or if we've been taught for so long that sex is something that's supposed to happen to us by a man, especially if you're a woman, where many of us are taught that for sex is something that's supposed to happen to us. It's something that we give away to someone who is deserving of it. Then hearing them talk about put him on his knees, BDSM, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> them talk about put him on his knees, um, and telling you where to put it, I'm gonna tell him where to put it. That is powerful. So hearing women talk about sex in such a powerful way, like you said earlier, it's scary for a lot of people. It's scary for other women who might want to do that because what if I do this? Or what if I act like this and my partner rejects me or someone rejects me, you know? So it it provides the space to be vulnerable in us in a sexual way for us to be sexually vulnerable unapologetically and to exist in our pleasure and to ask for what we want yeah you're right the there's so much fear from critics that maybe we're not getting what she's getting maybe we're not enjoying it as much and that fear and jealousy you know it forces us to either ignore it and be critical or embrace it and be vulnerable. And both of those are I mean, potentially scary options. Now, if people could revolutionize their sex lives, I know you're gonna bring it back to communication and you often talk about using your mouth and you actually have conversation starter cards called Use Your Mouth. I believe you have an ebook too, is that correct? I have the Use Your Mouth Sex and Relationship Conversation starter cards and those are for people who we're talking about, right? Many people who might feel, I don't know how to talk about sex in this way. Hearing these girls say what they, these women say what they said in this song, it's again, it's scary. And a lot of people are like, okay, maybe I might want to do this, but how do I just play the song? Or do I just say, hey, babe, <laughs> listen to this? Or how do I just go in and say, hey, I want to use your nose, you know, <laughs> or something like that. So many people have sex. And they're married or they're in relationships, but they're not talking about sex. And that's what the cards are for. It's to help people get comfortable around about talking about sex in their relationships. The book is a, it, it's based on the same thought of using your mouth. So the book is use your mouth. And that one is pocket sized conversations to simply increase seven types of intimacy in and out of the bedroom. Because we're talk we talk about sex and then we, you know, we might have sex. But then because we are focusing so much on sex, sometimes we forget about or we don't realize that intimacy exists in other areas of our lives as well. So the book is to help you to define what intimacy looks like in your life. 
I love it. So the use your mouth cards and books are available on your website at onthegreencouch.com. I was browsing it earlier. You have actually nothing but five-star reviews from verified purchasers. So, uh, you know, I believe that our job as sexologists is is really to start conversations more than it is to disseminate knowledge. And you're doing this with your use your use your mouth cards. I love it so much. And I love chatting with you. Um, I love chatting with you. I'm so grateful that we got to go almost line by line through WAP. Any any closing thoughts for folks before we let you go? No, just just to Forget about the hype that the song brings. I like that the song brought us this hype because we get to have these types of conversations. And although people are having lots of conversations and discussions about this song, I I want people to think about how they feel about themselves sexually, right? So ask yourself this one question. If I were my best sexual self, what would I be doing? If I were my best sexual self, what would I be doing? And ask your partner, if you're partnered, ask your partner, if I were my best sexual self, what would I be doing or how would I even know? And if you're stuck on that question, definitely get the cards. If you're looking to role play, right? If you're looking to learn how to seduce people, there's a book for that, right, Jess? Because you you wrote one. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Marla and I wrote The Ultimate Guide to Seduction. They probably go really well hand in hand. That's a great question. Um, If I was my best sexual self, I think that I would make more time for sex and slow down. And I think that's even like for me, who is entrenched in this all the time, every time I talk to you, you open a new perspective. And so this is a conversation I'm definitely going to be having with Brandon. And I highly encourage everyone to check you out on Instagram, follow along, sexologist Shamira, as well as your website, onthegreencouch.com. Really appreciate chatting with you. Thanks for taking the time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Folks, thanks for listening. We'll let you go with the Cardi B song. Have a great one. Seven days a week, wet and gushy, make that pullout game weak. Yeah, 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 yeah. You dealing with some wet and gushy? Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet and gushy. Give me everything you got for this wet and gushy. Beat it up, baby, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this cookie right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top. I wanna ride. I do a giggle. I'm kinda wild. Look at my mouth. Look at my thighs. It's where it's wet. Come take a dive. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. <laughs>